Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. For this episode, I'm continuing reading my book, Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. As someone who's been educating personal trainers, wow, since, when did I start doing that? Since 2002. So 2002 is when I first started teaching workshops. I was going back a little bit more than 20 years. I've been educating personal trainers for about 20 years, and I wrote Smarter Workouts to help you understand how exercise changes your body. And in Smarter Workouts, what I did is I organized exercise. Well, I didn't do this. There are three main categories of exercise. There's mobility, there's core strength, there's metabolic conditioning. And I write about how to design workouts for each one of those using only one piece of equipment. Because let's face it, sometimes when you go to the gym, oh, it's crowded, you don't know what to do, you're looking around, that thing's being used, that thing's being used, nothing is... a what do you do? Well, if you pick up a copy of Smarter Workouts, you can grab a set of dumbbells, you can grab a medicine ball, you can grab a stability ball, you can grab one piece of equipment and do a great workout. That's why I wrote the book. That's why I'm reading it to you. Because look, here's the truth. I'm getting ready to write the next edition of Smarter Workouts. We're going to update it, change a couple things. Now, the science really doesn't change that much. It really doesn't. But what it is going to change are some of the workout techniques, some of the things that you can do in home. I mean, because let's face it, in the last four or five years, <laughs> in the last four or five years since I wrote Smarter Workouts, Smarter Workouts came out in 2019. I think a couple things have changed about exercise since 2019, one or two, or one or two things have uh, changed society as a whole since 2019, or just how we look at things. And that really is... So coming up into the rewrite or to the new edition for Smarter Workouts, what I want to be able to do is add one or two pieces of equipment and really just talk about the difference between how you work out at home and how you work out at the gym. Because let's face it, I love working out at both places. I love a quick little 
if there's not a lot of time, I can get a little quick little workout done, 20, 25 minutes at home, usually based on a Tabata, usually there's a kettlebell involved, and it's a great workout, but it's not the same as a gym workout, right? You have to define what is your goal. Why are you exercising? Because if you're exercising to get big muscles and look a certain way, that requires a lot more work than 20 to 40 minutes of exercise to optimize your health and feel better. And I mean it. There's, there's nothing wrong with either way. And think about that. Why do you exercise? I know that's a deep thought, right? Why do you exercise? Right now, you probably exercise because it's become a habit. If you're like me, exercise has become a habit. And frankly, you have no idea what you would do if you didn't exercise. And also, if you're like me, I mean, let's face it, it's if I didn't exercise on a regular basis, and it'd probably be, I'd either be a little uh, homicidal or suicidal. <laughs> Some of you know, may recognize where that saying is from. But really, if, if, if we didn't exercise, if you listen to this podcast, and you know if you didn't exercise on a regular basis, you'd be a little wonky. So yeah, let's define, first of all, let's define why we're exercising. Are you exercising to look a certain way? Or are you exercising to feel and be able to live a certain way? If it's the latter, then you're in the right place. That's why I do the content that I do. So let's get into understanding core strength training because this is for how you move. Up to, for the first part of the chapter, we contextualize or I contextualize what, how we move based on how we walk. Or if we want to understand how muscles in our body function, we have to understand what they do when we walk. Because walking is our primary pattern. Walking is what we are designed to do as humans. The role of core muscles in movement. Exercise is a function of movement created by many muscles working together simultaneously, not a series of discrete actions. Nowhere is this more apparent than the core region. Exercises for core muscles are often performed in an inefficient manner that may not actually improve their ability to control movement when you're standing on your feet. Instead, exercises for your core muscles should be based on how the body is designed to move or, more specifically, how your muscles produce various movements when you're standing upright. For example, a common misunderstanding is that countless crunches are the best way to sculpt a six-pack. However, the only time the rectus abdominis flexes the spine is when the body is lying on the ground which begs the question, is the crunch the most efficient use of your time during a workout? And think about that for a second, the crunch. We've probably been doing crunches for years. You have probably been doing crunches for years. You lift your chest up off the ground, you pull your back up off the ground, you pull your rib cage closer to your pelvis. That's what the abdominal muscles do. The abdominal muscles attach the rib cage to the pelvis. To strengthen them, you have two options, bring the pelvis closer to the rib cage, or bring the ribcage closer to the pelvis. But think about that. When it, does that movement happen? That movement happens when we're walking on our feet. When you're walking, your pelvis moves away from your ribcage when your leg goes behind the body. So when you take a step and your left leg swings forward, your right leg goes back, that's when your pelvis is moving away. Your right side of your pelvis is moving away from the ribcage. That is what the rectus abdominis controls. That is what your six-pack muscle controls. Your six-pack muscle controls movement of the pelvis when you're walking and the leg goes behind the body. Think about that. Contextualize that for a minute. 
right? I mean, think about how these muscles work. We have to use our body when we're on our feet. Yet for years, we have been laying down on the ground to strength, try to strengthen these extra, these muscles. And to me, you can see the fallacy there, right? If we understand, if we can contextualize the muscle, what it does when we're on our feet, why on earth would we put it on the ground and put it in a position that it doesn't have to be functional in? And most of the time when you're laying on the ground, you ain't going to use your body for anything anyway. You're probably getting ready to, to lay out in the sun or take a nap. Laying down is a sign of rest. That's what kind of enhances the sympathetic nervous system. No, sorry, the parasympathetic nervous system. Lying down increases parasympathetic nervous system drive. That increases the rest and digest reaction. So laying down may not be the best way to go for exercise. A strength training program for core muscles should feature exercises in a standing position to properly prepare the body to produce and control forces experienced in activities of daily living. Movements should integrate the hips, trunk, and shoulders to efficiently distribute the downward force created by gravity as well as the upward forces generated by ground reaction force. Exercises in the prone, face-down, or supine, face-up positions can help establish strength specifically through activating the motor units responsible for contracting muscle fibers that stabilize the spine and pelvis. For example, the plank exercise requires minimal movement while contracting all layers of the abdominal fascia and is an excellent way to establish the muscle recruitment patterns required to stabilize the spine. When done properly, the plank not only uses the deep abdominal muscles, but it also recruits the hip, shoulder, and upper back muscles to help stabilize the body. However, once you establish the ability to properly brace the spine, it becomes necessary to integrate movement at the hips before progressing to exercises performed in a standing position. As Dr. McGill's work has demonstrated, movement-based strength training exercises that involve your upper and lower body limbs working together from a standing position can be extremely effective for developing core strength. So really, I mean, we can start, what I'm saying there is we can start on the ground. And this is the one thing that I've been teaching now for years. Because when we stand up, when we're moving through space, we have to accommodate for gravity. Gravity is going to pull us down. Ground reaction force is going to push up and drive up into the body. So when we're moving around, we have to accommodate for those two competing forces. We can start on the ground. Starting on the ground takes away gravity. It takes away the effect of ground reaction force. So starting on the ground takes that away, and you can activate the muscles and start developing strength. That is the benefit for being in the ground for starting core strength. It's a great place to start and a great place to warm up because there is minimal effect of gravity. But once you've warmed up and once you've started the workout, you really need to stand up and move on your feet to challenge your muscles to work against gravity the way they normally do. So understanding and controlling movement. When walking or running, the body has to move in all three different directions to create forward movement. Your chest and rib cage will counter-rotate relative to the pelvis in reaction to the momentum created by the arms and legs moving opposite of one another. During gait, as the right leg swings forward, the left arm swings forward. This counter-rotation of the torso and hips lengthens all layer of your core muscles, which are designed to facilitate this multiplanar action to make it smooth and efficient. That's right. The actual purpose of our core muscles is to work efficiently and effectively while the body is in upright vertical position. 
to store the elastic energy used for many upright movements, exercise strategies for core muscles should include movements that first lengthen the tissue before it shortens. For sustainable long-term results, an exercise program should first enhance mobility and tissue extensibility in individual movement patterns before progressing to complex dynamic movements that involve multiple planes of motion. Mobility exercises allow the central nervous system to develop efficient timing of muscle contractions before progressing to the more complex movement patterns that can improve strength and allow muscles to generate force in multiple directions. So what I'm writing about there is that we, when you look at walking, walking really is a series of discrete movements. If you break it down, you have the leg swing and the arm swing. So the right leg and the left arm move together. When the right leg and left arm move together, the hip and the shoulder are counter-rotating. So the left arm and right leg are swinging forward, while the left leg and right arm are swinging back. That's a constant counter-rotation. If you look at the human body from the top down, and this is pretty fascinating, if you look at the human body from the top down, you'll see that the shoulders and the pelvis counter-rotate one another. That counter-rotation lengthens the muscle tissue, and it's that length of the muscle tissue that creates mechanical energy for movement. When muscle is lengthened, it stores mechanical energy that is released when it's shortened. So when one leg goes behind your body, the tissue is being lengthened mechanically to release mechanical energy as that leg swings forward for the next phase of the gait cycle. It's really it's fascinating when you look at the human body, when you look at the human machine, we're like a perpetual motion machine. You put us upright in gravity, you put us moving on the ground, and we can move, you know, we can move in multiple directions. I mean, it's pretty fascinating. So looking now in the book, what I did was I identified most of the major core muscles. So there's a table here, page 117, table 4-1, attach, attachments and actions of the deep core muscles. Now, obviously, this is a podcast format. It's not a visual format. If I were doing this lecture, I'd have these cool-looking slides. I'd have you stand up. We'd move. You'd feel this. You'd feel this. I'd show you where this muscle is. I'd show you where that muscle is. And you would really be like, oh, wow, this is cool. And we would really have an opportunity to kind of experience. We'd really have an opportunity to experience the muscles. I mean, that really is one of my favorite things to teach. I call it dynamic anatomy. And I actually have a book down below for sale to, to sell because if you understand what your muscles do, you can really understand how to program them for exercise. So here are some of the main core muscles. You have your external oblique, your internal oblique, the rectus abdominis, the transverse abdominis, and these are the deep core muscles. Um, actually, I might do I have that in the wrong place? Uh-oh. It's kind of interesting. Look at this. Um, so actually, those are deep core muscles. So I have those labeled as deep core muscles. So... Attachments and actions of deep core muscles. External oblique controls motion of the tr trunk by producing flexion in the sagittal plane, frontal plane, and transverse plane. So I'm not going to go into all the planar motions. But your external oblique is a big muscle in the front of your body. Basically, if you put your hand from your rib cage down into the front of your, of your pants, like if you, put your, if you can feel your rib cage with the heel of your palm and put your fingertips right in the top of your pants or your shorts, that's your external oblique. Your internal oblique is the back of your body. So actually, your right side external oblique works with your left side internal oblique. So your right external oblique works with your left internal oblique for rotation. Your rectus abdominis goes along the front of the body and helps stabilize between 
the rib cage and the pelvis. And the transverse abdominis, the transverse abdominis is the only muscle in your body that has fibers horizontally oriented. So the transverse abdominis is the only muscle in your body with fibers that, that, are, that are horizontal to gravity, that, that lie parallel to gravity. So think about it. It acts, the, the TVA, the transverse abdominis, functions as a weight belt. When the muscles of your core contract, it's multiple layers of tissue, part of it being the TVA, the transverse abdominis, they're stabilizing as a belt. So those are the deep layers. The superficial layer, and again, different people have different models. Just understand the deeper, the closer the muscle is to the spine, the more stability it creates. The further the muscle away, the more superficial the muscle, the more movement it creates. So the more movement-oriented core muscles are the hamstrings. And the hamstrings actually have three muscles. The biceps femoris, which is the outside, and then the semimembranosus and the semitendinosus, which are the medial or run along the inside of the thigh. You have your adductor complex. The adductors have your brevis, your longus, and your magnus. And here's the thing. Your adductors actually flex and extend the hip. They really do. The adductors, I know we do all these leg squeezy thingies. That's not what the adductors do. The adductors actually flex and extend the hip. So if you really want strong legs, you have to really, really focus on single leg, single leg movements because that's what really develops strength. We have the quadriceps. We have the gluteal complex, latissimus dorsi spinal erectors. Again, if you want to know more about this, and I'm not just trying to, to promote my book. I really wrote Dynamic Anatomy, and there's a link down below in the show notes. I wrote Dynamic Anatomy because if you understand how the muscles function together, if you understand how your muscles create movement and how they work as an integrated system to create movement, that really is the core, the crux of it. If you understand movement, if you understand how your muscles produce movement, then you can design any exercise in the world. And I mean that. If you understand how the different parts of your body sequence, if you understand what your muscles actually, how your muscles actually function and produce movement in, in the real world while walking and during gait, if you understand those basic functional components, then you know what you need to know to design an exercise program. So I'm going to wrap up with this. Um, this is from, again, core strength training. What the science says, the benefits of strength training through the aging process. Now, what's interesting is as I read back through this, I'm seeing in here, Smarter Workouts was the first book I, I wrote, and then I wrote Ageless Intensity in 2020, and I'm just finishing up Smarter Recovery. So it's interesting to see how different parts of different books are kind of layered in here. So I have what the science says, benefits of strength training throughout the aging process. Age-related reductions in muscle mass, as well as the concurrent loss of force output, can significantly impair the functional strength required for essential activities of daily living. Strength training exercises performed to a point of momentary fatigue can activate type 2 muscle motor units if they are not regularly engaged through progressively challenging strength training exercises. It could result in a loss of muscle mass. In addition, age-related changes in hormone levels resulting in an imbalance between the anabolic hormones necessary for growth and the catabolic hormones used for energy production has been associated with muscle atrophy and reduced force production. Atrophy is a loss of muscle size, which can happen to adults who do not perform any strength training exercises during the aging process. Without regular strength training, adults can lose an average of 5 pounds of lean muscle mass per decade. Strength training can provide numerous benefits, including an increased lean muscle mass, 
increased production of the hormones that promote muscle growth, improved cardiovascular efficiency, elevated resting metabolism, meaning you'll burn more calories throughout the day, even when not exercising, and the ability to participate in your favorite activities. Whether you're male or female, if you're interested in maintaining a healthy, active lifestyle with the ability to enjoy your favorite activities as you age, you should make strength training a key component of your exercise program. Strength training provides the necessary stimulus to engage and activate the type 2 motor units and fibers related to increasing muscle force production as well as increasing production of hormones required for muscle growth. So that basically, that little... That little sidebar right there is the, the prequel, if you will, for ageless intensity. I'm, I'm doing a call out there because really as we age, strength training becomes the how we slow down the aging process. Hey, after I record this, I'm getting ready to go strength train myself. And again, I'm 50. Right now, I'm not training to be swole on Insta. I'm not training to put up, to, to put up pictures of myself. I don't know why you train. You you train for the reason you train. That's cool. I'm fine with that. I'm going to go work out because I know the exercise I do today will slow down some of the effects of aging and should help me theoretically live longer with my daughters. That's why I exercise. I exercise to control the aging process. Personally, I exercise because there are things I want to do in this life being fit gives me the ability to do that. That's why I exercise. You can choose why you exercise. We all have our why. You choose why you exercise, and I'll be here to help you understand how to exercise to the best of your ability. So with that, that's the end of Smarter Workouts for today, Core Strength Training. We're going to pick up the next episode with Smarter Workouts, Exercise is Exercises in Your Core Strength Workout. Yes, I know how to write about exercises. Apparently, I don't know how to speak about exercises. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to learn more about anatomy, check down below in the show notes. You can pick up a copy of Smarter Workouts. You can pick up a copy of my book, Dynamic Anatomy. Thanks for dropping by. And as always, thank you for stopping by. I do look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.